The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can, can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race line. Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Random Story Radio, episode 469, coming to you on Thursday, December 15th. This is a fun episode that we've got in store for you guys, looking back at bowl games. Yes, bowl games. Uh, USC bowl games of the past. We're going to talk about Rose Bowls. We're going to talk about everything here on this episode. As always, you can follow us on social media. Rain of Troy is on Twitter and Facebook. You can find the podcast on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. We are there. Our email address is Rain of Troy at fansided.com. I'm your host, Michael Castillo, joined along with my co host here in the Rain of Troy studio in Los Angeles, Alicia Dertola. Hello, everybody. Hello. We are back uh, on a Thursday again. Our new schedule, Monday and Thursdays here as we go through the uh, the bowl prep season, uh, getting ready for the Cotton Bowl on January 2nd, USC and Tulane, locking horns uh, at Jerry World in Arlington, Texas. Um, and so I thought it was a good time to start looking at things like uh, bowl games. Um, we're we're going to sort of relive uh, bowl moments of the past uh, talk about uh, some of our favorite bowl moments. Talk about some of the biggest moments in USC football history uh, and, and all of that here on the episode. So I'm looking forward to it um, because we don't do much. We haven't done nostalgia in a long time. And it's one of the things that I think is so fun to talk about in the off season. And here, here's an opportunity to do it. Yeah, I mean, we haven't really had opportunity to do it because uh, there's been actual football. But uh, but yeah, this is always 
these are fun conversations to have. I think these are fun conversations that resonate with people because these are the, these, these are what the people talk about. You know, when we get together with, uh, with, with fellow USC friends, this is the stuff we talk about. So yeah. it's exciting and it's fun and it's entertaining and it's good to relive those moments. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we get to talking about the bowl games, we want to give a big shout out to CT guy who gave us five stars, a five-star review over on Apple podcasts, which we obviously appreciate and love. Uh, CT guy says, excellent podcast full of info and fun. Can't wait for your post-game tunnel commentaries. Uh, strange season with anything possible. Cannot wait until next year. Help me survive the interim with your reports on recruits and lasagna. You know, that's something that we haven't considered doing is uh, commandeering the tunnel. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the uh, the chaos if we tried to do a uh, a post game show from the tunnel? It would be entertaining, but uh, in maybe not the same way that the show is entertaining right now. <laughs> well, we're we're discussing possible ways of being able to do the post game show, um, like we like we did this year, uh, and do it on site. Uh, how would we do it if we were covering the game, like actually at the game? Uh, because watching the game at home sucks. I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I know a lot of people enjoy it. It's not for me. I got to be there. And uh, yeah, I know you think it's in my head. No, 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 no. I I don't think it's in your head. I just, as the resident blind person, <laughs> it, it is me, the one who who does sure. uh, value being able to watch on the on a TV that's right in front of me that I can actually see. Uh, so yeah, it's me. I'm the problem. But it's me. You guys sing the song though. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, TikTok star uh, in the making. <laughs> At least they're over here. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, and and yeah. We, at, at one point, I'm like, well, could we set up in the tunnel? I don't know. That'd be weird. I don't think we could do it. But I don't know. Uh, it, it's it'd be a possibility. Who knows? Uh, anyways, uh, thanks for the review, CT Guy. As always, you can leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps grow the show. Uh, if you're watching us here on YouTube, be sure to like the stream uh, and then hit us with that uh, subscribe button and, and uh, make sure that you'll be around as we uh, as we keep going forward. We'll be back on Monday to preview signing day. Yes, signing day is uh, the 21st. and We'll see what the Trojans have under the tree, the recruiting tree. Uh, getting ready for um, for that next week. Um, and then as we go along, uh, the Cotton Bowl preview coming up uh, in a few episodes uh, and so much more. So be sure to subscribe, uh, whether it be here on uh, YouTube or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. All right, uh, let's get into the news. We got a bit of a new a bit of news before we start talking about um, bowl games. Um, let's start. With the transfer portal updates, USC has picked up a defensive lineman. Uh, it is Keon Bars uh, from Arizona. The uh, Arizona Wildcat defensive lineman is coming over the Trojans. He has one year of eligibility, just one year. But when SC is going to be presumably uh, with without Brandon Peely, uh, who has been at SC for feels like a, a generation at this point, uh, and I, I can't imagine he still has eligibility, but we'll, we'll see. Um, w- without him and, and potentially without Tui uh, uh, Pelotu at defensive end, SC needs all the bodies they can on that on that defensive line, and he's a big pickup. Yeah, a productive defensive lineman 
from within the conference and uh, somebody who can come in right away, take on a starting job and you know plug away at it. I think it's a huge pickup for USC. I think they need to pick up every defensive lineman that they possibly can, every linebacker that they possibly can that they've scouted and have decided that they are good enough to join USC. And you look at it from Keon Barnes' uh, perspective, I think Sean Nua should have a lot of of cachet in the recruiting world, not just from the high school recruiting, but uh, in the transfer portal recruiting because of of what he's achieved. You know, at Michigan, he produced some some top five uh, NFL draft picks, some guys who were were all Americans and continue to do really really well. And he comes to USC and takes uh, what was a very good, uh, you know, Pac-12 level player into Lutupolotu and turns him into a unanimous All-American, which, by the way, Tulutupolotu is a unanimous All-American. And I think that uh, Sean Nua can put that feather in his cap and look at someone like uh, Keon Barr and say, hey, why not, you know, why not come to USC and see if you can do what Tulutupolotu did? Because clearly it's possible. So a huge pickup for USC, huge opportunity for Keon Barrs, and hopefully it, it also leads to additional pickups in the transfer portal because as the time goes on, that's going to be our, our number one focus is uh, seeing what USC is able to add in positions of need. Yeah. Um, you know, looking, looking at the numbers this past year as a junior, 39 tackles from the defensive line, I feel like is pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Um, that's you, good production. That's, it's a hell of a lot of production at, at a defensive line. And is, is, it shows that he's able to, uh, get to the, the the point of contact up there with in in the run game. Uh, we'll see what he can do uh, in terms of pass rush. Uh, this past year, four and a half tackles for loss, uh, no sacks. Um, but he, last year he had five sacks in twenty twenty one. So he does have that ability. Took a step back in that in that area uh, this year, but that's why you want Sean Nua to unlock that. Yeah, and six three two ninety five. So he he can. Uh, he can move around, I think, a little bit uh, and, and maybe be a little bit flexible on the line for the, for the Trojans. He was a new nose nose tackle uh, for uh, the Wildcats, and that was a position where SC really needed somebody, was right there on the ball at the nose. We've talked about it for a while, that SC has never replaced Stevie T. Nope. Uh, Stevie T in that, that 2016 defense uh, was so huge for the Trojans. It sort of allowed... Uh, he was like two guys in one, and he sort yeah. of allowed the defense to be flexible um, with that sort of uh, four-two-five, two-five-four, whatever you want to call it, um, defensive uh, formation that that Clancy Pendergast used on the defensive line. So uh, we'll, we'll see if Keon Bars can sort of channel his inner Stevie T for one year at USC uh, in 2023. Uh, big get for the Trojans. Other guys that uh, SC uh, is on the mix for, we talked about Josiah Stewart from Coastal Carolina on Monday. Uh, he is visiting SC this weekend, which uh, will be a big opportunity for the Trojans to go that way. Uh, but they won't be going the way of the Flows. Jonathan and Justin Flo, uh, the uh, the brothers uh, from the Inland Empire who SC wanted badly five-star Justin Flo a few years back, linebacker, uh, supposed to be the one. He wasn't. He went to Oregon. Uh, both those guys, the Flo brothers, uh, go into the Arizona Wildcats. So Jed Fish loses Keon Bars, but gets the Flo bros. 
Yeah, and, and uh, I don't think that's been officially announced. I just think all the crystal balls are pointing that way at this point. So likely headed. Yeah. Likely headed, See, yeah. I can't, I can't read. <laughs> um, I would have liked to see to, to have seen uh, Justin Flo get an opportunity at USC uh, to revive his linebacker career. Um, but if he's going to go to Arizona, then that's going to be a really interesting spot for him to, to, to work in. It's going to be, I think, a more simple route uh, to to a starting job. Yeah. Um, with USC, it, it, he the competition would have been pretty high, and um, no, I mean, high in the sense that you'd need to get on the field over Eric Gentry and Tackett Curtis, the uh, superstar linebacker recruit that everyone is super excited about coming in uh, from um, coming into USC this uh, this in the coming class. So it'll be interesting to see what he does at Arizona. I wish him well. It would have been nice if he had been able to turn it around to come to USC, but you move on to the next guys. Find the linebackers. That's all I keep saying. Find them. Yeah, and if you're Jed Fish, this is the kind of pickup I I love. Right, That's, like it's it's an awesome move for Arizona because you. I think Arizona's in the position to they're they're not going to go out there and get the five star talents on first go, but they are going to be able to maximize finding the guys who people missed on. Uh, I think of Oregon state back, you know, two decades ago, uh, you know, when Dennis Erickson was there and how he built up that program on the backs of like Juco guys, right? Like yeah. you had uh Hushman Zada and Chad Johnson, uh, Ocho Cinco and like all those guys. So it was so many Juco guys that people missed on. And back in the day, that was the way to do it. And I think now it's with the transfer portal, you get the guys who were five-star recruits who just didn't latch on for whatever reason, had injuries, um, you know, maybe didn't win starting jobs, et cetera. Um, if you're Arizona, that's exactly what you want to do. You want to you go that route. And we'll see, we'll see what, it, what happens with the Wildcats as they continue uh, to rebuild the program. Uh, more on the USC side of things, of course. Um, Tuli Tuipilotu is named the Polynesian Player of the Year. He's the first outright winner from USC, the second winner overall after Talanoa Hufanga uh, was a co-winner in 2020. So big shout out to Tuli Tuipilotu. The the national sack leader is the National Polynesian Player of the Year. Yeah, yeah, really good to see. That That is an award that USC should want to dominate. Like they should want to have the Polynesian Player of the Year every year. That's mm-hmm. the position that USC is in in the in the West um, to to have inroads in that community and getting Tuli Tupelo to as an outright winner is uh, is great. It's good for him. As I said before, he's a unanimous All American. Um, when we think about the Tupelo two brothers, you know Marlon was the big one. Marlon was yeah, the, the big the, fish. The, the big fish and Tuli was like, you know what? His little brother, he could have something about him, but he's a three-star sort of project. Let's see what he does for him to, to, to rise from, from that to being a, a Polynesian player of the year, all American unanimous, all American alongside uh, Caleb Williams uh, as a unanimous, all American, like really a hell of a career for him, a hell of an achievement for him and uh, excited to see what the next phase of his career looks like. Yeah, the, the Polynesian Player of the Year has existed since 2015. Yeah, I, I believe you you looked it up as we were prepping for this. Um, yeah, SC absolutely should should have a finalist every year and just be in the mix for this 
Uh, I know that they have been in the mix for in, in the past with guys like Juju Smith-Schuster um, and, you know, Hufanga, you know, was a co-winner in 2020. But like you said, SC has the most history uh, of having a Polynesian lin- lineage. Um, and it, it's it's so wonderful for SC to be able to say that, that yeah. to have a tight-knit community that way that can look back on uh, Junior Seau and Ray Maoluga and, and Troy Polamalu and, and, and so on and keep building um, – uh, that history and, and that, and that t- togetherness of all those guys. So uh, we'll see how that goes forward. If SC can continue to add uh, winners there. Um, let's, let's talk about the, the most annoying news. Um, of course, <laughs> the, the drama across town over at UCLA with the board of regents and the big 10 move. And you probably ask, why is this on the USC podcast? Because I think it does affect SC. If, uh, the Board of Regents voted to allow USC, uh, UCLA sorry, to move to the Big Ten. If they didn't, that would maybe put SC's move in jeopardy or at least uh, you complicate know, it. It would complicate things because it would force the Big Ten to probably like SC needed a, a travel partner. And yeah. so they were probably going to then have to hope that, you know, Stanford or Oregon or Washington or or definitely Somebody. not Cal uh, yeah. would, would, would get involved. Um uh, but the Bruins get the get the approval, and now will have to pay uh, what uh, I, I say. UCLA Twitter is calling calimony, <laughs> two to ten million dollars every year to Cal, possibly annually uh, after the Pac-12 media deal is done, as sort of like a "I'm sorry that we left" kind of thing. <laughs> I still have questions about whether or not this can actually be. Um, if, if, if this calimony tax is something that will continue to be a yearly thing that Cal, that UCLA pays, it's kind of, kind of funny. Um, I, it's, it's, okay. I'm just going to, it's very dumb. It's very dumb. Oh, it's like, it's super dumb. Cal deal with your own crap. The UCs deal with your own crap. Like. UCLA is is a, an athletic department that is in financial turmoil, yeah. which is one of the reasons that they wanted that to go leaving. to the Big Ten. Yeah, uh, you know the the Under Armour deal was a major bomb, uh, both uh, in Westwood and Berkeley. So, like both of those pro- programs hurting for money. So, I get why if if you're the Regents, why you want to see more money go to Cal, and if you're Cal, you gladly accept that stuff. But like. UCLA's not in a position to pay that either. No. Like it's And uh, UCLA shouldn't have to give charity to Cal. Like Cal no. should the as far as athletic departments go, they should not have to give charity to Cal. No. Um they may be in the same academic sort of uh uh structure, but in in terms of well, athletics. You can't say that. Cal people will let you know that they are the number one public institution. Like it's like as if that matters. Well, but like be the number one public institution then. Like wh- why could Stanford have a have a period of extreme success in the in the past couple of decades and Cal not? Like why is Cal acting well, like they are the 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 sisters of the poor all of a sudden when when I was coming up as a as a USC fan, Cal was one of the biggest rivals to USC in the Pac-12. Cal was the quarter, you know, Aaron Rodgers of Cal, like that kind of like yeah. w- the Jeff Tedford days when they were, you know, remember Ayub? 
yeah when they were very very good who, so like why are they suddenly acting like they can't like they are basically deciding that they that ucla leaving means they'll never have success uh and be able to generate their own revenue like no go out and generate your own damn revenue also yeah. this year of the pac-12 tells us anything that like news of the Pac-12's demise is greatly exaggerated. Mm -hmm. If Oregon and Washington are good every year, then the Pac-12 will be fine. But there's no reason that Cal and Stanford shouldn't aspire to be the cream of the crop in the Pac-12, even with USC and UCLA gone. In fact, it gives them more opportunity to be the cream of the crop in the Pac-12 with USC and UCLA gone. So to me, it's just like, number one, the UCs are screwing over one of their members, UCLA, with this. And number two, giving money to a, an athletic department that has been completely mismanaged for the last, you know, decade and rewarding it for that. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's it's all drama that I think SC is glad to not be a part of by being a private school, yeah. but at the same time, tangentially sort of a part of. I love that the, the what I was reading and I don't really understand half of it. So bear with me. But the figure between two and ten million is because the the calculation that they made was that if USC will cost the loss of USC will cost the Pac-12 something in the area of like eight million dollars a year in um, in the media deal or something like that, mm-hmm. and so then they were calculating that. UCLA would be a third of what you what USC would cost the Pac-12 and so that's how they came to like a 3.8 number or something like that as like a as an example point of what uh, of what UCLA would have to pay it is like yeah. can you, you I, have to you can't even just calculate what UCLA's value to the Pac-12 is you have to go through USC like it's, it's, come on guys it's it's all convoluted and uh uh, a wake-up call to the regions that, of course, UCLA's rival is SC and not mm-hmm. Cal. But, yeah. Um, we digress. Uh, UCLA and Cal, when they get together, when they play football games, do halftime shows aimed at US- USC instead of each other. Like, right. that is the degree of the, the, the rival is USC. Yes. Oh, I, know. I mean, they're, they're obviously rivals, but... Um, but not those but, kinds but, of rivals. But not, like, not the level. True yeah, rivals sure. wouldn't do a joint let's make fun of USC halftime show together. Like, then you're not the biggest rivals, are you? I, I, I'm going to hold back my <laughs> comments in the fall of Troy uh, field show. Yeah. Um, which is... I don't think it's the dumbest idea. It's just the execution. Just never... Alicia, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall. See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. The best way to take your mind off the endless wait. That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins. Bingo! You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. 
Turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Prize Picks lets you get on the action on more than 30 states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, download the app today and use the code Rain of Troy for a first deposit match up to $100. That's the Prize Picks app with the code Rain of Troy for the first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Let's talk about bowl games. This is the bowl game episode, talking about the great bowl moments in USC history and all of that. Um, I think we got to start there. The the way we're going to do this is we... Came up with a bunch of superlatives. Uh, what is the best moment in USC bowl history? What is our favorite play? Our favorite bowl game? Our favorite non-USC bowl game? Uh, our favorite bowl performance? Most heartbreaking? All those things. We're going to talk about it. Least favorite uh, here on this episode. Um, but I, I think we got to start with the the big picture. SC, of course, America's bowl team, according to the USC media guide. Uh more bowls than, than anybody, more Rose Bowls. SC has won more Rose Bowls uh, than most schools have been to bowl games, period. Uh, 25 Rose Bowl wins. Where do you start when you try to come up with the best moments in the best sort of moment in USC bowl history? Because I, I put together a list. A lot of these things are before our time. So I, I, you know, I want to sort of rattle these off, but then like get your perspective of like, how do we sort of put these all into perspective of what is the best? Because you could start back in 1939, uh, the drive against Duke in the 1939 Rose Bowl, when Daryl Nave hit Antelope Al Kruger on four straight passes and won the game-winning touchdown with a minute to go, snapping the Duke Blue Devils' unblemished season and ruining their national title hopes in the 1939... Did, did, did I do that? Yes, yes, that's exactly That right. worked, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, huge moment, huge early on. Like, you're talking about the, the, the first, you know, the, the uh, first half of, uh, of, the, of the century... 
big moments in SC history, I think, are winning the 1939 Rose Bowl to, to beat Duke that way. Uh, and then uh, the big win against Notre Dame for the first time when like a quarter million people showed up at, at Union Station to, to see the Trojans them. back, which is yeah. insane. Like insane. my mind cannot like boggle yeah. that. Uh, but that's a great moment. There's the J.K. Uh, McKay catch in, in the 1975 Rose Bowl that won a national title uh, in 1974. Uh, there's there's Charlie White's 247 rushing yards in the 1980 Rose Bowl. Um, there's a certain Rose Bowl called the 2005 Orange Bowl. Have you ever heard of that one? Uh, I heard SC was up 35-7 at half and won at 66-19. 55-19. Have you ever heard of that? hmm Yeah. For you, what is the best moment in USC Bowl history, independent of, uh, of our personal uh, opinions? So Objectively. So it's hard for me because of the ones that you've described. I've only seen one of them. Sure. Um, the other three are before my time, but I love things that are before my time. I love those stories. I was just, I was just tweeting today. Like I was just thinking, I, I spent some time a couple of years ago deep in newspapers.com researching um, the sort of birth of USC football, because I, I sort of had this idea of doing a, sort of history series and and those of you who were uh on that were on the patreon got a few sort of uh episodes that were about sort of the some historical things about usc football um that i kind of want to do again gotta bring that back i do um it's just a lot of work (laughs) but like it's a lot of work because i get deep 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 into that stuff and i just love it like um i can't remember if that 1930 i'm pretty sure that 1939 rose bowl is one that I've, i've written about um duke being uh undefeated and i think unscored upon yeah unblemished they had not yeah. allowed a point all season yeah and then sc scores with a minute to go to snap away their their national title yeah which is it's just one of those incredible things that like if i could go back and see a thing that would be one of the things that i would see um but when it comes down to it bowls bowls are special because they're sort of these sort of postseason special things that bring together teams that wouldn't always play to play at the same play every year that's sort of these spectacles right but also for a long time they were the spectacle that determined if you were a national champion and you had to win your bowl game in order to be a national champion and to me understanding that that is no longer the case although uh, obviously like the playoff games are technically bowl games but they're different um to me like the the best moments in bowl history have to be something on that scale it has to be a national title was uh was in 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 grasp and so like i I wouldn't say the duke one although that one's sort of legendary because you spoiled somebody else's uh but like the jk mckay catch if you win a national title with that immense play with that memorable legendary play that's got to be up there to me the 2005 orange bowl um i don't know that that game has the singular moment that the catch was yeah so maybe it falls behind a little bit but it's also moment of the 2005 orange bowl i don't have a favorite moment all i remember what i remember are just like the big bowl of oranges and pete carroll lifting the trophy and like I don't remember distinctly plays from that game. I the, should go the, back and watch the, it to be honest. But like, it's the key. It's the big touchdowns. It's the long touchdown pass to Dwayne Jarrett. It's the um, 
the one-handed grab by Dominic Bird that was awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, I think... See, that, and I always forget it, that that happened in that game. Like, that part of my problem with those... That era is, like, I forget which games they happened in. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I get it. For, for me, it's it's the, the dagger... Um, you know, at the end of the uh, the end of the second quarter, which is the the pass to Steve Smith, is just this ball that looks like it's just thrown in the end zone to nobody, and Steve Smith is just like laying on the ground and catches it in the end zone. Um, and SC goes in the half up like thirty five seven or something like that. And yeah, I, I think that has to be the biggest moment in bowl history because it was a national title, just like the J.K. McKay catch in seventy five. Uh, we can talk about also all the big. Same Bam Cunningham moments against Ohio State in here, uh, and how those you know were were for you know title opportunities and all those things. But I think the Orange Bowl has to be it when you considered this is 2005. This is the game presenting itself with a one versus two opportunity. Mm-hmm. The first one that SC had been in, they had been screwed out the year before and not gone to that national title game. Won a national title on their own accord as the AP champions. Uh, sharing it with LSU and to just win it, not only just winning that game, but to do it so emphatically over Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, I don't know how that can't be the, the, the greatest, you know, chapter in, in bowl history for, for SC, um, which is saying something because there's a lot of moments to pick from, right? A ton, there's a ton and a ton and a ton and, and then a ton more. Um, but I, yeah, I think you're right. It's just, on that um, on that platform with the, with that spotlight on to have that kind of performance with that on the line, uh, yeah, I, it just I, doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, I remember the lead up being so nervous because Lendale White was uh, kind of dinged up, and what was his health status going to be? Um, well, and, and, and they Oklahoma was talking talking crap, and and they were know. scary. Adrian yeah. Peterson as a true freshman looked so good. It was going to be terrifying to yeah, get, no, go that, up against that him. Yeah, no, that that team right? looked incredibly formidable. Certainly yeah. didn't feel like the kind of team that USC would roll all over, even if you thought USC was going to win the game. I don't know that anyone predicted that USC was going to roll over them the way that they did. Right. So yeah, but, but alas, they did. Yeah, I'm looking up this the. The uh, stats now. Oh, the touchdown pass to Steve Smith was uh, with uh, two minutes to go. It was a Ryan Colleen uh, field goal that was right at the end of the half. Um, made it 38-10 at the half. So close enough. Um, yeah, big big win for SC 55-19. And something that SC fans will continue to lord over Oklahoma along with the, the great theft of uh, Lincoln Riley in 2021, um, of course. Um, l- let's talk about favorite moments. Um, Alicia, when a lot of you know big plays, you talk about the J.K. McKay catch. Um, uh, in, in the chat, there was a mention of the, the phantom touchdown uh, of, of Charlie, Charlie White, White in, yeah. in 1979. Um, for you, what is your favorite bowl game play? What is your favorite USC play in a bowl game? Okay, so my my first thought when this came up was the Adoree Jackson touchdown catch mm-hmm. in the Holiday Bowl. And it was just because that was the moment. He had already scored a 98-yard kickoff return. Yeah. But that was the moment when you looked at him and just thought, like, this kid is different. He mm-hmm. just different. Just the way he runs. He that 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 catch and run 
he was gliding literally gliding he was like his feet didn't touch the ground it was it, it was just one of those jaw dropping oh my god this kid is special kind of moments yeah and uh and and that's why i remember it it's just you know there have been bigger plays there have been more important plays but like i just i have it smacked in my brain that that was uh that that was the thing i also do want to call attention to i'm trying to figure out which one it was uh but uh well i see i see what you wrote what into i've our, written down our rundown you, it's the garrett green the garrett touchdown, green pass touchdown pass from uh from desmond reed no to, to desmond reed to which is against uh illinois it was the illinois one okay yeah, so 2008 rose bowl okay that one i just remember losing. Notre, Dame, Notre dame legend garrett green Notre dame high school that's why yeah because uh, my family knew, like, I mean, I didn't know him. I was a kid, but like my mom knew him. Garrett Green was from Notre Dame, from our high school. He was the quarterback of, of, of the high school football teams that I grew up sort of watching in it while I was in school. Uh, like, and, and to see him, you know, go to USC and then, and then have the opportunity in that game to, to throw that pass to a player who, by the way, was like you couldn't have picked a better player to Absolutely. throw to just in terms yeah. of the feel-good nature of um, of getting to have uh, Desmond Reed have that opportunity of have, have that mm-hmm. moment for him. Um, yeah, just like lost my – lost it. I just absolutely lost it. It was just like that's the moment. That's the feel-good. That's, that's – uh, it's all, it's all wonderful. Yeah, you mentioned the Adoree Jackson play, and if you're if you're new here, uh, you go back and watch the highlights of the 2014 Holiday Bowl. It is a it is a it's a pass, but really it's a run because it's a it's such a little swing it, pass. It's it's like yeah, it's it's just a little it's a it's a little thing. Uh, he's in motion and it just like kind of tossed to him. And um, one of my favorite moments about that or th- aspects of that is. At that time, I was working with our friend uh, Trinice Ferreira, and she was putting together this um, this story for her uh, her uh, grad school uh, journalism program over at Cal that she was working on. Uh, but it was about um, it, it was about HBCUs, and so and one of the things that she, one of the people that she reached out to to talk to was T. Martin to get his sort of perspective as someone who grew up in Alabama and ends up, you know, um, winning a national championship as a black quarterback in the SEC. And so we go to talk to him, and this is right after that Holiday Bowl. And he tells us, like, uh, like after the interview, he's talking to us about the Adoree Jackson play and how Sark sees, sees sort of the setup and just starts, like, there it is. There it is. That's, this is going to be a touch. Like, yeah. they knew it was a touchdown <laughs> as soon as everyone sort of lines up, which is like those, the, the Lane Kiffin thing of how, uh, you know, you know the Lane Kiffin memes of when he was Alabama's offensive coordinator and he put his hands up before, before the snap yeah, and start celebrating the touchdown. Like, sort of like one of those <laughs> moments where uh, T and Sark are just celebrating that touchdown before it happens, uh, and it does when you when you got a player like a Dory like that. Um, favorite bowl game play for me? Uh, I've got three. I've got three to mention here. So um, these are these are a couple. Um, I would be remiss not to mention the throw, 2017, mm-hmm. Sam Darnold to Deontay Burnett's. 
you and I standing on the sideline at the five yard line at the Rose Bowl, watching it happen right in front of us, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, but uh, going back and it's the overhead cam for me and watching Darnold throw into this pocket that is shrinking. And it reminded me of independence day and they're leaving the mothership <laughs> and the thing is closing in and they got to get like, is it going to make it? It's, yeah. it's got to just feather it right through this perfect little hole. And it does. It's the, like the greatest throw I've ever seen. Um, and it's a crazy comeback and a, and a big win. It doesn't have national title implications or anything, but like a great hell of a moment for, for SC in that game. Absolutely. Uh, the other one for me is Joe McKnight, his scoop and score. Uh, against uh, against Illinois, the same like, game as the Garrett Green touchdown pass. It's like he dribbled. Yeah, so it was a little swing pass that is like that drops and bounces right to him. He picks it up, and I want to see the the Joe McKnight touchdown overlaid with the Adore Jackson touchdown in the Holiday Bowl because I feel like they took the same route to the end zone. Yeah, and, and those runs were probably very similar. They, they they play out very similar in my mind of like this guy who just like loops around the outside is going super fast but never looks like he's going fast because he's just coasting the whole time yeah uh and just floating in the end zone and that was the moment where i was like geez that's that's the joe mcknight that you wanted that's the joe mcknight that sc went out to replace reggie bush yeah that was the that was the joe that was exactly it that was the that's the reggie bush moment that's the jaw on the floor how did he do that kind of reggie bush moment yeah and how what is he going to do next year when he comes back like like those kind of things and um just like adori like i I think adori obviously had an, an amazing career and a bunch of big moments but it was that moment there where you're like the the possibility is endless right um and then, of course, there is the plague, the plague. Uh, Mike yep. Williams throwing a touchdown pass uh, to Matt Leinert. Uh, this mentioned in the chat. 520 Trojans mentions it in the chat. Uh, the hell of a moment. Uh, the the punctuation of of that game, I think, is is that moment. The, the pass to Leinert and Leinert running into the end zone, putting his hand up. But there's... It's it's the it's the SI cover. It's it's everything. Yeah, that's it's that it's him with the ball in his hand mm-hmm. as he runs in. There's something extra disrespectful about Matt Leinart scoring a touchdown as a receiver. Yeah, he's got the big brace on. He's like lumbering not, down the and, and yeah, down and, the and, it's, and not just like the kind of touchdown that you sometimes see an offensive lineman score where they're in the end zone and the ball comes to them, but like yeah, Matt Leinart running to the end zone. <laughs> And to holding out the ball like that is going <laughs> just something so disrespectful about that. I I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. Um, it is the I think to me, that is the iconic image of the Pete Carroll era. That is yeah. the image that I see in my head when I think of that era of uh, of USC football. It's it's Matt Liner with that ball up as he's running into the end zone. Yeah, I, I want to get to favorite USC bowl performance. Uh Next, uh, sort of jumping in, in our rundown a little bit, uh, because I want to go to my next one, which is from that same game, which is I want to talk about the defensive performance against Michigan in 2004. In like Will Poole, uh, I, I feel like I mentioned Will Poole in a previous podcast really recently, and it was because of that game, because of the Rose Bowl. I, I, I pulled up his stats uh, from that game. You ready? You ready for this? this is a cornerback, cornerback, corner, yes. corner. Uh, Will Poole in that game against Michigan, 
10 tackles. By the way, a, a DB having 10 tackles sounds bad. Yeah. Not the case in this situation. Uh, three tackles for loss, two sacks, a forced fumble, and five, five pass breakups. That's a... Uh... That's something special. Like in like that's a once in a that's a once in a couple decades uh, level of like stat line. Like in like insane that's insanity. It's like Ohio State's uh, JT Tumalo yeah. earlier this season where you just look at that stat uh, that line. That was go- not a uh, to to allow. I I decided to run with it and okay. I JTT, figured pe- just go people would know who I was talking about. Uh, um, the, it, the stat line that he had earlier this year, we just look at it and go, like, yeah, well, yeah. Only one dude in the history of, ta- of time, ki- time is going to have that stat line, and it's you, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and the crazy thing is, you can argue he wasn't even the best defensive player on the field because BKU has four tackles for loss, three sacks, and a forced fumble. Yeah, so like those guys just absolutely terrorized John Navarre and Michigan, and you know, really emphasize the sort of leave no doubt aspect of um, you, you put the solidified the, the basis for leave no doubt is the mantra yeah. going into 2004, uh, which the leave no doubt that that we are, are the, the, the best team in the country, mm-hmm. which was SC's mantra sort of, you know, going after that. And yeah, it just insane. Um, other, other, you know, Key moments, I think, to mention uh, 520 Trojans mentions Keyshawn in the 96 Rose Bowl. Yeah, Keyshawn in any bowl game he played at. I think the 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 Cotton Bowl in, in 1995, uh, or he had a uh, crazy game too. And in terms of yards per bowl game, he like <laughs> owns SC's record in that. But what's what's your favorite USC bowl performance? Uh, for my first thought was the 2007 Rose Bowl. I had to double check with you that it was that year because I get all of these mixes blended in my head. Yeah. But it was the Rose Bowl against Michigan where the first half was just a slugfest. It was it was nobody was able to to get anything going on offense. It just felt like one of those just every single inch was was fought for and in the second half, USC went out and Didn't it was three, three at the half. Yeah, it was something like that. It was, it was like three, three and USC goes out in the second half and just puts the air raid on him. It was like, they came out of halftime. Like, uh, it was like in my head, I imagine, um, that, that the halftime was like Herman Boone's speech in, uh, no, sorry, (laughs) not Herman Boone. (laughs) Uh, uh, Bill Pullman's character in, in, um, Remember the Titans, the we blitz all night line, but like we just like we throw every play. That's not Bill Pullman. That's not Bill Pullman? No. I'm I'm mixing up actors then. You no. know who I'm talking about. I know who you're talking about. Uh, I'm That was Cheryl. You just did a Cheryl. I did. Uh, I did. Yeah. Either way, the we blitz all night, except we're just gonna throw the ball on every play and see if they can stop us. And Michigan could not. And it was just it was that uh John David Booty just airing it out, airing it out, airing it out, and they had no answer for it. And USC pulls away. And um, I just remember that was another one of those games that I went into with a lot of anxiety. I remember laying in bed like the week before that game, just like praying to God, like, please, just let us be good enough to win this game. Like, let us be good enough to win this game. Let us be good enough to win this game. And then... so. So I've got the play chart. Okay, let's see it. This is the third quarter play chart. Yes. Uh, 
Booty passed for seven yards. Booty passed for four yards. Booty passed for 25 yards. Booty passed for two yards. Touchdown. Next drive. Um, Incomplete to Jarrett. Uh, complete the Fred Davis for eight, incomplete the Steve Smith, complete the Steve Smith for 35, complete the Dwayne Jarrett for 22, touchdown. Next drive, incomplete to Jarrett, incomplete to Gable, complete to Davis for eight, booty, rush, a run for two <laughs> yards, which means it was a it scramble. Was a, yes. Uh, incomplete to, uh, to Dale Thompson, incomplete to Steve Smith, complete for Steve Smith for 13, incomplete and incomplete to, to Dwayne Jarrett. Uh, incomplete the Dwayne, Dwayne Jarrett and then a field goal. So in the third quarter, SC literally did not run the ball a single time. There was there was zero design runs. No. Uh, let's let's look at the fourth quarter. Uh, Booty complete the Jarrett for nine. Incomplete the Davis. Uh, another rush for two yards from Booty. In other words, a scramble. Yeah, John David Booty is your leading rusher in the second half. Yeah. That's what I'm getting from uh, this. Incomplete pass to Dale Thompson. Complete to Dwayne Jarrett. 62 yards. Touchdown. Uh, the next drive, which is my favorite SC drive of all time. Like, I'm not I'm not making this up. Like, you can talk about the, the great, you know, comeback drives. I think those are all great. But in terms of just great footballing, it's this one. John David Booty. Complete to Steve Smith. 26 yards. John David Booty. Complete to Dwayne Jarrett, 29 yards. John David Booty, complete to Fred Davis, 23 yards. John David Booty, complete to Steve Smith, 7 yards. John David Booty, for the touchdown. John David Booty, 4 of 4, 85 yards. Talking about like splitting the, splitting the field up in the quarters. It just like moved 25 yards at a time. Yeah, and still no design runs. Still not, not a single design run. But that's, that's what I love. That, that, that second half. And and that was a, a Lane Kiffin Sark. Uh, it was Sark. Sark. That was a Sark half. It was Sark's greatest half of coaching. It was probably Sark's greatest half of coaching yes. because it recognized something that I wish more more coaches would recognize that like sometimes you just need to play to your strength and balance and what the stat sheet and what the it's analytics okay tell baits. you all that kind of. But it's okay. sometimes you can't do it every time. Yeah. But sometimes in the right moment, cut bait and just go for it. Like. There are t- there have been times when I wish we would see the equivalent of that on the run game for USC, where it's just like, okay, don't throw another pass, just run, I, just run and see what happens. You talk about the halftime. I really want to know what that halftime was like. Yeah. So I was like, all right, um, all right, let's do it. Uh, CJ, um, sorry, love you, dude, but yeah, sorry, you're not getting the ball second half. Um, uh, all right, Chauncey, sorry, it's not going to happen here. We're we're just going all. We're going all in with the with the arm for Booty, and uh, you know, Booty gets gets a bum rap I think from SC fans. Um, I, I think unfairly because of the broken finger against Stanford the following season. Well, he, he never he never got over the. If he had won a national title, he has a different legacy at USC. Yes, but, but he fell short, and he two bowl games, and like he was incredible. Both He's, those he, bowl games. Is he in the Rosewell Hall of Fame? Yes. Or, or, yeah. yeah. He, like, w- he owned a lot of records. For a I, like, uh, the, there's someone that we can't talk about in the podcast who is, I think, definitively, like, one of the greatest Rose Bowl quarterbacks of all time. But I think John David Booty is right there, too. Like, legitimately, 2-0 yeah. with, like, uh, an insane... Ridiculous numbers. R- ridiculous numbers. Yeah. yeah. His yeah. numbers from those from that era matches sort of, like, what Darnold and... and what Darnold was doing yeah. a decade later when the game had completely changed. Yeah. Right? Like 
um yeah just it's just wild sort of there um so that was uh bowl game performances uh let's talk about least some least what what is your least favorite usc bowl game of all time (sighs) you're going to talk about the one that is the obvious answer so i'm I'm not going to say it okay the 2017 cotton bowl okay Think about how joyful the fourth quarter of the 2017 Rose Bowl was. Yeah, an epic fourth quarter, epic. which Jesse came back valiantly from less, 17 down. Yeah, less than a year later, by just a couple days, but less than a year later, uh, USC is in Arlington, Texas. We are there. I am on the field. I am on the AstroTurf. With my camera. I think field turf, technically. Field turf, te- yeah. technically. Can't say AstroTurf in, in, in North Texas. Getting getting the beads of that AstroTurf in my shoes. Yes. Uh, watching that game. The fourth quarter of that game. You know how I'm Cheryl. You know, you know yeah. me. You know how I watch football games like Cheryl. Like, just pacing and... Why are you doing that? I'm on the field. I can't do it. So I'm just with my phone in my hand in between plays going like... Why aren't they trying to win this game? Why aren't they? Tr- do they realize they need to score points to win this game? Do they realize that they're not trying to run out the clock in this game? What are they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? I just, it was, it was 15 minutes of game time of pure agony because it was right there. It, the, 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 the frustrating thing I think about that 2017 Cotton Bowl is, uh, Hector in the chat says that we were manhandled. Yeah, on, on mean, the lines. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But that game was that, that game was there for SC to have a chance in that game, and they didn't let themselves do it. USC had tried to have uh, Daniel the, Amata Bebe to block. Um, they, they threw the like that was the game they needed Sark to be like. Yeah. we're cutting bait on the run. Yeah, let's throw because when they threw, they moved the ball up and down the field on Ohio State. Darnold was Darnold was fine in that game. He was able to make plays. He could have made plays if they had just given him. How many crazy catches did Pittman and Bonds have in that yeah. game? A bunch. And yet they go down 17 and they decide, okay, we're down 17 in the fourth quarter. All right. You know, yes, it's college football. Crazy things have happened, but yeah, we can't do those crazy yeah. things. So uh, let's just run out the clock and, and not have any See, sort of sense of urgency. And and uh, Mike in the chat says USC was going to lose that game 10 times out of 10. Yeah. I agree. I don't think USC was destined to win that game, but I wanted them to to give it a good old college try, and they just I, they didn't. And if I think if they, they if I they could have made OSU sweat, they could have made OSU sweat, and that's all I wanted. I wanted. I didn't. I didn't. I went into that game thinking they weren't going to beat OSU in that Ohio State in that situation, anyways. Yeah. I just wanted to see them give it a go, and they didn't. And I was irate. Also, the. My, <laughs> I'm bummed that we're not going to the Cotton Bowl this year. On the other hand, I'm relieved that we're not going to the Cotton Bowl, you and I, because like two of the most uh, not fun games yeah. have been that I've seen USC play in were at AT&T Stadium. Um, and I don't know, maybe Tulane will show USC that that, uh, that the stadium is cursed for USC. But Well, <sighs> speaking of places that it's cursed, let, let's get to my least favorite. Yeah. 
the obvious um, one. I, I struggled between the obvious one and the, the other one. The correct answer. It's either the 98 or the 2012 Sun Bowl. Any Sun Bowl. It's either one. Yep. Um, the 2012 Sun Bowl was um, the most <laughs> well, inept I've ever seen USC look ever. Yeah. Um, like, yes, there were cold, frigid winds whipping through the mountains there in El Paso. But, like, God, just having nothing in that game. SC didn't want to be there. The whole embarrassment of the whole week, all the the the, the t- negative tweets, the the um SC showing up late Wait. to the to the um the banquet to the banquet thing, um just not showing to the game at all. Uh Kiffin in the in the windbreaker, like oh mm. yeah. Um, just as a, a quick aside, going back to what we're talking about, Mike in the chat said the best thing that came out of that game at the Cotton Bowl is my Cotton Bowl T-shirt. I literally yesterday put on my the the T-shirt that they gave us in the media um, media hub uh, that my Cotton Bowl T-shirt and thought to myself, this is the softest T-shirt that I have. It is lived is it up. Cottony. It's it's just the it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It is a, now a few years old. It's been through the ringer of washing and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like the still the nicest cotton shirt that I have. So, yes, the whatever that was, whatever that was, uh, whatever brand, I don't even know what brand it was, but it's it's very good. I will say one of my favorite things was the cotton bowl cups. We still have our cotton bowl cups. Yeah. So these were in the press box mm-hmm. and like this is like legitimately a good plastic cup. And they were just like how you would get your soda at the, at the, um, in, in the press box. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I am going to steal a couple of these. So I also, both cups. Uh, one of my sleep shirts is a uh, USC, Ohio state, um, like extra large. Well, cause they, cotton bowl they were like they giving, were giving away. away. They had extras. Yeah. yeah as we were uh, walking out. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff with the cotton bowl, but I've yeah. never turned down swag ever. The we talk about the Sun Bowls, and you know, people remember the the epic fail of the 2012 Sun Bowl. But uh, I just want to pull up the uh, box score for those of you who do don't remember um, the Thursday afternoon on December thirty first, nineteen ninety eight. Uh, I was at my grandma's house watching it, and all I, I remember is the. Um, very distinct horn that when every time TCU would score, they'd have this like freight train horn thing just <laughs> kept going off. Um, uh, the the box score here will tell you a lot, uh, Alicia. The uh, here we go. Um, rushing TCU three hundred and fourteen. That's that's fun. That's you, good for, for good for them. I don't. I genuinely don't think you know what I'm about to tell you. Do you know what SC's rushing total was? I think I've seen it. It's like minus twelve or something like minus twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not because they chose not to run. No. Minus twenty three, <laughs> highlighted by uh, Petros, um, had uh, three carries in the game for a total of five yards. See, but this um, is. Carson Palmer, 
sacked six times for a negative 47 yards. This is also proof that like people talk about how like, oh, people don't care about bowls now. It's like, no, nah, in the 90s, there were there were teams that no showed bowls too. like you can't tell me that USC in the 1992 Freedom Bowl, as Ram Murdy in the chat points out, or that the Sun Bowl in 98, like you can't tell me that USC wasn't like yeah no showing that that's oof. a no show the no yeah. shows have been around for sc is definitely no showed their their yeah. their bowls the the freedom bowl absolutely in 92 yeah. uh uh that that was it for, for larry smith uh 99 or 98 against tcu absolutely this was the inverse of the michigan game yeah. in terms of defensive dominance i think sc had like seven or eight sacks against michigan uh whatever it was i, I don't think i have that tab open anymore uh, sacks on here. Uh, uh, where is it? Sacks. Uh, yeah, six sacks of uh, of yeah, yeah, just just bad. Uh, anyways, uh, most heartbreaking USC bowl. All right. Um, let's get to yeah. um, let's talk about non SC bowls. What's your favorites non USC? Uh, bowl game of all time or bowl uh, moment anything bowl, bowl moment it, it's it's the boise state hook and ladder um i mean it's, yes. the, it's really first the whole... of all this this is your best opinion ever because it's not the statue of liberty it's not play. the statue of liberty it's the, the statue of liberty play overrated yes i know it won the game in the fiesta bowl it's the hook and ladder that was so amazing. The 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 Statue of Liberty was great, it, but it was the same way that like it was fourth and nine, not the bush push. Like it was the fourth and nine is the play, the bush push is the capper. Yes. Um, the hook and ladder is the play. The Statue of Liberty is the capper in yes. terms of that game. Absolutely. And uh, just I remember watching that game at home, not having a dog in the fight to be honest, because at that time I didn't care about Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, and being sort of like i like the underdog so like i'd like to see boise state do something and then they did something and it was just yeah. like yes go on go on and then i remember having a phone call with um my uh our, our good family friends who live in texas but the uh the the patriarch of that family is uh from oklahoma so we're always talking you know oklahoma and usc and then his wife was a big texas fan so then i'm ta- talking with her about usc and texas and all the time and I just remember like apologizing to him, going like, "Man, I'm sorry." <laughs> He's just like he was lost for words. He didn't know what to. He didn't know what to. He didn't. He didn't have anything. He was just like, "I don't even know." So yeah, <laughs> I I remember that game because it was the night that uh, of the 2008 Rose Bowl, of course, which was the. Um, uh, wait, hold on. That, that was, was the, the Illinois 2007 game. season, right? So that was the Illinois. Uh, yeah, the Illinois Rose Bowl. Yeah. So the. Uh, hold on. No, it's the 2007 Fiesta Bowl. So it's 2006 season. So it's the 2007 Rose Bowl. Yeah. So it's yeah. the 2007 Rose. Yeah. Okay. So that's the that's the day. We, that's right, because the Rose Bowl was is the early game, and then yeah. the Fiesta is the the late game. Yeah. So me and my dad go to the 2007 Rose Bowl, uh, and there's a thing that happens there that's probably not uh podcast safe for me to story that not, nothing crazy but i just don't want to share it on the pod um and we get so long day and we get um we get back we take the the gold line back and like i was getting text messages about the fiesta bowl 
And I'm like, there's no way Boise State, Boise State is doing what? <laughs> and then we get home and we're like starving. And like my mom has like ordered pizza. And it's like, ah, oh, finally we get pizza. And then the, uh, the just watching it, it's just beside. And then Ian Johnson it proposes it, like, to proposing his girlfriend to his girlfriend at the end. At the it was end. just everything about that game was epic. It was yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Um, Mike in the chat says, uh, cheese it bowl, exclamation point, TCU and Cal. Yes. Why I, there, there's so many great bowl so games in Arizona. Like, I live in regret. Well, not regret because I was at, was I at a, was I at a, a, a Clippers game? I think I was at a Clippers game with my brothers or something like that. I was at Staples Center during the cheese it bowl, like getting updates on my phone about the cheese it bowl and like, not being able to experience the the amazing anti-football that was the cheese it bowl except through the, the the box score and the and the 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 refreshing like it was like living in like 2006 or whatever when i when i when i was at a, a wedding uh when usc was playing washington that one year and like refreshing the just sports page to see what was going on i mean the the, the play-by-play like that's what I was doing with the Cheez It Bowl, but like the statue. The Isaiah Stanback game where he was like leading the comeback but fell short, and SC still won. I don't even remember. It was SC had the, it was late and they needed a stop. That's what I, what yeah, I that, remember. Yeah, that was that was that the would have been it. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I wish I, I wish I had seen the glory of that Cheez It Bowl firsthand. Yeah. Um, other other great bowl games I remember um, the Holiday Bowl back in like I don't know maybe two thousand ish. Um, when uh, Texas and Washington and Texas benches Chris Sims and brings in Major Applewhite <laughs> and Major Applewhite comes in and like leads this crazy comeback. Um, that was well, the, that, that was the TCU comeback against Oregon. Yeah, the uh, was great. against Oregon was wild. Um, there was a... I mean, the Georgia-Oregon... I'm sorry, the Georgia-Oklahoma Rose Bowl uh, playoff semifinal love, was... Love that game. It was crazy because that that was so soon after... Like, everyone was ready to say that the 2017 Rose Bowl between USC and, and Penn State was, like, one of the great Rose Bowls of all time. Yeah. And then Georgia and Oklahoma did that. And it was just like, what is even happening anymore? Yeah. Every year it's a new greatest game ever. Yeah, that yeah. that was that was wild. The the Clemson Alabama National Championship game that went to the end where, yeah. where Watson finds Renfro. Uh that was that was insane. Uh of course I gotta go back to my childhood. The the great Tommy Frazier run against Florida where he's like shedding dudes and takes on like eleven all eleven defenders and he breaks all of their tackles. Um, that was that was fun because at the moment I was rooting for for Florida. This is like ninety six because I had a little toy that was a gator, and I'd like to, it was a little golf thing that you would golf and like hit it. And uh, yeah, so anyways, let's get to the to the mailbag. Uh, read an email that we got from uh, Tim. It says, hello, Renatro. I would be remiss if I did not point out the truly historic nature of Saturday's events. In 1975, Archie Griffin became the first player to win a second Heisman Trophy. 1997, Charles Woodson became the first defensive player to win a Heisman Trophy. And on Saturday, December 10th, 2022, Caleb Williams became the first player who has ever uttered a profanity to win a Heisman Trophy. 
<laughs> this is truly groundbreaking. My friends and I were moved to tears. The one friend was praised for his emotion while I was mocked for mine. Go figure. The season has been a blast listening to you two, and you are my biggest hope for making the offseason tolerable. Beat the green wave. Give Reggie his damn Heisman back and fight on Tim in L.A. Thank you, Tim in L.A., for that exceptional email. Tim has been, I think, one of our most consistently great emailers of the of the fall. Um, I'll give him the uh, award, him the, uh, the 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 rot award for. Uh, maybe we should wait wait for the Rotties, but uh, Tim has been killing it this whole season. So thank you, Tim, uh, yeah. for being part of the show. I mean, this is part of what makes the show fun is having people <laughs> deliver this kind of yeah. this kind of thing. But yes, thank you. Yeah, uh, Caleb Williams is the first twenty uh, year old male to ever utter a word that starts with F and is four letters, um, or even think it, or even filk. You, you, yeah, yeah, five 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 filk. There's yeah. a Seinfeld reference you don't no, get. I'm sure. Um, all right. Uh, Cameron in the chat. Do you see the USC Athletics Department getting all eight Heisman winners together for a photo shoot? Be one of the greatest photos in college football and USC football history. Cameron from Hutchins. I hope you're at Hutchins. I was going to say, you Please better be, be at Hutchins, at Hutchins yeah. while sending us that. But also. Tell me about the Mac. Get some, get some moist brisket. Yeah. Have, a, have an extra bite of brisket oh, for us. And save. Well, I know it's difficult, but you got to save some for some. Gotta have some uh, so some banana pudding. Banana pudding, end. yeah. Hell yeah. Um, but the answer is no. The answer is no. no for, and it's not about Reggie. It's not about Reggie. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. That's why we, we all know who it's we about. We all know who it's about. We all know why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I now, mind you, the photo would be insane. It would be, and it would be really talked about if it happened. It would be extremely not just, talked not about because of Reggie. Yeah. Not because of Reggie. Not wow. because of Reggie. <sighs> I, see, it'd be great if the, if the other seven got together. <laughs> yeah, and, and the other seven got together, and then that person responded on Twitter and said, "Hey, Twitter world," and went on to like that might be that might go viral. So, yeah. all right, uh, that's going to wrap up this episode. Looking back at bowl games, uh, so many great bowl moments. We hoped uh, we mentioned some of your your favorite moments in USC history uh, and and otherwise. Uh, so hit us up with the email randomtroyfansite.com or find us on social media uh, and be sure to like and subscribe as always here on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we'll be back on Monday to uh, talk about the upcoming signing day sort of preview signing day as the Trojans get ready for that up next week. So uh, until then, we will see you. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. 
Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 